Stories from the Honky Moon Café Written and read by Barclay Johnson Was There Anyone There? Part 2 You may recall I was telling you about Lucy Musgrave and her husband Mark, who had not long moved into the old mill before Lucy, who had been a friend, was found at the bottom of the stairs with her neck broken. She had been confiding in me and the rest of the village that her husband was being haunted by the ghost of his deceased wife, Diana, who begrudged his marrying again. The old mill had a reputation for being haunted, so to some this was no surprise. Lucy had described how he had been dragged out of bed in the middle of the night and how he had been led, half asleep, to the top of the stairs several times from where eventually the ghost of Diana had pushed him down. An ambulance took him to hospital, but he was released the same day, having suffered no more than some bruising. After this, they had tried various remedies, culminating in a séance at the mill, during which Diana had indicated her presence by knocking on the middle of the table. Lucy insisted that it really was Diana, as the knocking was unmistakable, and there could be no other explanation. Lucy had been a wealthy woman, and Mark was the only beneficiary, which raised some eyebrows, but Mark seemed genuinely affected by the accident, so it was no surprise that Mark decided to sell the old mill and move away, probably abroad. He would have no need of most of the house's contents and none of the furniture, so he had sold it to a dealer friend of mine who I had recommended. The dealer had contacted me to come and look at something he had found attached beneath a small table, in the centre was a box concealing a muffled door knocker. It had been made to appear part of the table's construction and normally would have gone unnoticed. The shock of what it might mean had made me feel quite ill. Lucy's description of the seance and Diana's ghostly knocking kept repeating like a stuck record. The idea that Mark had been faking the haunting with the intention of killing Lucy was unbelievable. Such premeditation within our own village and a neighbour it was difficult to accept. Perhaps it was why the old mill, with its reputation for being haunted, had been chosen in the first place. The dealer explained that he'd noticed a length of wire running down the inside of one of the fluted legs, and painted over so as to conceal it. It ended by the foot where something had been cut off. A switch, I suggested. Um, he said, then pointing to several screw holes. Maybe this is where the battery were fixed, and here's something that could make the door knocker hit the underside of the table. He wasn't telling me anything I hadn't already guessed. I reckon, he said, it were one of those tables that mediums use who do seances and things, you know. I did, but this was a much darker purpose. I asked him if I could borrow the table to show a friend who is interested in such things, and fascinated by the methods used by tricksters and charlatans, I didn't tell him that he was also a retired inspector who I got to know visiting my shop on the lookout for stolen goods. Incidentally, he never found any, but I would say that, wouldn't I? Retired inspector Trevor Mears arrived at my cottage with some of his homemade cider. As we both sat glass in hand by the log burner, I told him what Lucia told me and then of her accident. After some thought, Trevor pointed out that stairs are one of the most common causes of domestic accidents, whether the house is haunted or not. I then pointed out that one of the most common causes of murder must be a sizeable legacy. Love, lust, loathing, 
or loot, was his reply, without putting them in any order of popularity. I suggested he look closely at the table that was by his side. Not being familiar with antiques, he looked everywhere but underneath, until I suggested he do so. He then noticed the arrangements that my dealer friend had pointed out, and I proposed what I thought might have been Mark's plan all along. Find a place with an appropriate reputation, fake the haunting knowing that Lucy would spread the word, demonstrate the power of the ghost on yourself, then on your wife. Hmm, Trevor began, unless there is evidence that Lucy struggled, or had suffered an injury before she fell down the stairs, there'd be no reason to think it was nothing more than an accident. What about the table? I asked. Well, tis hardly a murder weapon, he said. But I take your point. If the death was suspicious, then the mechanism may add to the circumstantial evidence, but on its own, well, it could be no more than a practical joke, and there's no proof that it wasn't always there, or Mark fitted it. It could indeed be a table, once used by a charlatan, to fool people. In which case, I said, the value has just trebled. Eventually the inspector and I had to agree there would be little that can be considered a smoking gun. It was a constant irritation, the feeling that Mark had got away with it, but maybe it was my fondness for Lucy that was clouding my objectivity. Nearing the end of October, village life had returned to normal. It was about then I heard that the old mill had been sold. A few days later, when the trick-or-treaters had been packed off to bed and the Halloween revellers had staggered home, I was again woken by the sound of an ambulance, a rare occurrence in our village, or at least it used to be. In the morning, I found an excuse to visit the local shop to discover what the commotion was all about. Shopkeeper Paul told me that Mark Musgrave had returned to the mill to have a final look around and check that everything was as it should be. Well... That's what Milton Peacock, the retired solicitor who lives opposite, thought, when he noticed several lights on at about ten o'clock. An hour later, his dog started barking and would not stop for some time. In the morning, the lights were still on, so Milton went to investigate. He found the front door ajar and called out for Mark, presuming it was him that had returned. He wandered through to the rear, calling Mark's name. At the top of the stone steps leading down to the cellar, he saw Mark's body lying at the bottom on the flagstone floor. He checked to see if there was any sign of life before returning home and phoning the services. As there was no suspicious circumstances, it was judged to be just a tragic accident. As I have pointed out before, there is no such thing as a coincidence, only fate. You may disagree. More importantly to the village is the debate as to whether Mark set up the whole ghost thing just to kill his wife for her fortune, or whether Lucy's death was purely an accident. They can't decide if Mark's death was also an accident, or if Diana did eventually get him, or if he did kill Lucy, whether Lucy had returned to do the job herself. My favourite is, they both did it, Diana and Lucy. Well, you know what women can do when they cooperate. And it was Halloween. <laughs>